What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of the Get Rich or Get Drunk Trying podcast. I am your host, Asia Abston. We are on episode 31 of the show, and that was Pop Smoke Gotti uh, with um, Travis Scott. And I'm a little, I'm a little flustered right now. I'm not gonna hold you. Uh, Pop Smoke was murdered this morning in LA, um, and every time this happens, it feels like it should be the last time, or it was a time too many. And here we are again. Uh, this young brother was a fucking teenager, 20 years old, and just starting to pop. He had the number seven mixtape out and he was just getting that attention, just starting to, to get off, just starting to make a name for himself in the rap game. Super talented, had a crazy cadence in his voice, a crazy tone and just a really gritty street energy about himself. And, um, you know, he lost his life. Uh, they said that there was some gunmen that ran into the house that he was staying in and just took his life. Um, we don't have any more information. This literally just happened this morning. So that's all the news is reporting. Um, and wildly, I saw that he was on Insta stories posting um, about some gift bags that some designers had sent him. And the address to where he was staying, if you, I guess, freeze framed the video and screenshot it, that's how the address to where he was staying was leaked to the gunman that several hours later came in and killed him. I mean, how crazy is that? And um, it just breaks my heart that another young brother has lost his life, 20 years old, a kid has lost his life um, just to, to unnecessary gun violence. You know, you try to get out and so many situations just keep you pulled back in. Obviously, we don't know the details, but nobody deserves to be gunned down in that way. And um, yeah, definitely feeling that one. And I had a totally different topic for you guys for today's episode, but this was the first thing I woke up to and it just is like, it's, it's a double-edged sword, right? We enjoy this ratchet street music. Um, and by we, I mean, I know I do. And, and when I go out, all my friends are listening to the same thing. So I'm just going to make a blanket statement and say we. But we cannot continue to glorify that music, listen to it, uh, play it on our Spotify and our title and our iTunes and support those artists and buy their merch and then be, you know, bewildered when that same gun violence and that violence that they were promoting comes back to bite them in the ass, bite us in the ass, bite our communities in the ass. So I'm just, I'm vexed shit for lack of a better word. Like 
how do we enjoy these artists and enjoy this music and then also not uplift this same story of bullshit, this same violent, evil, murderous, home invasion, kill everybody drama. It's not cool. Like we just put Nipsey in the grave behind some bullshit. And here comes this pop smoke situation and countless other young men that have been gunned down in the same fashion. When does it end? And I think that it doesn't stop until we stop promoting it and we stop glorifying it and we stop um, contributing to those artists. But at the same time, like, how can you tell them that they can't rap about the shit that they know? This is their real lives. This is really happening. No one's making up the lifestyle and and trying to make it seem cooler than it is. I mean, of course, there are some corny niggas that do. But this is definitely real life stories of a lot of these people. And they're just telling what they know. So it's just a tough situation. Those of us that are in the media and have a platform have a voice to say how we feel about things. But the everyday consumer has a voice by where they spend their dollars and who they follow on social media and what concerts they attend. And I'm guilty of it. And I just, I, I'm, I'm lost y'all. I don't know what the right play is on this. Like I would never want to promote these type of activities to, you know, the younger generation, to my little brother, to my little sister. But then I go and I listen to it in the club and in the gym and go to the concerts and the shows. So what is the balance? Like if anybody has got the answer to this, let me know because, you know, we need this. It's 2020, it's a new decade. Let's not spend another decade burying the Tupacs and the biggies of our generation. We lost um, extension, what, a year ago. We lost bankroll fresh like two or three years back, I think 2015. And it's not about them being your favorite rapper or anything like that. It's just about young brothers who at least were making strides and efforts to get out of the bullshit through music and never even got the opportunity to jump off the way they wanted to because those past dealings and that jealousy and and street shit caught up with them so early. Um... Not just them. Who did we bury recently? Juice World, 21 years old, because they deal with that drug shit. That drug music and that drug culture that they promote is real. There, it's not just lyrics. When they talk about zannies and perks all day, every day, it's because that's their real life. And sadly, they're promoting it to kids and to millennials even that are being affected by it because they think that this music stuff is real life and it doesn't have to be and then we are confused when when they die and the um mac millers and like this shit is real and it's a fine line between artistry and supporting artists you love but also having to be an adult and say maybe this is not the wave maybe we got to find another way and I don't have the solution I don't have the answers but this was just um on my spirit obviously obviously this morning 
and a change of pace for the Get Rich or Get Drunk Trying podcast, but I would be remiss to not address it. So rest in peace, Pop Smoke. Um, I hope they catch who did it, and I hope that this can be the last one. Like, come on, y'all. Let's let's just let's wrap it up and love each other. So many deaths um, occur every day in the public as well as in private and it's just a reminder every death is just a reminder to live and to love one another and kiss the people you can kiss while you can tell them you love them while you can because tomorrow is not promised uh they haven't even put Kobe Bryant to rest yet and you know it's taken me a couple of weeks to even gather myself to talk about that because I just was crying behind it and it's such a legacy that he has left along with his daughter and the other seven people killed in that helicopter crash in Calabasas a few weeks ago. But it is all just a reminder that life can be so short and we all think that we have more time and we don't. Bottom line is we don't. You don't, I don't, we don't have more time. The only thing that is relevant is now the past is over and gone and the future is not promised. So the only thing that is relevant in our love lives, in our businesses, in our communities, in our spirituality is right now and today and making the most of what's in front of us. Um, woo. So I'm going to shift gears completely because this is making me sad. And I'm supposed to host the show and I cannot be sad for the rest of the episode. So let's shift gears. Let's uh, move on and talk about something much more uplifting and fun and lit. And that is Super Bowl weekend and All-Star weekend. Um, As you know, I live in Miami and the Super Bowl dropped itself on my doorstep this year And what a fucking week that was. It was the craziest week of my life. Outside of Croatia Yacht Week, Super Bowl might have been the craziest week. It might have even been crazier than Destination Dubai. Um, For a week, the NFL took over the entire city of Miami. There were events from South Beach to Brickell to downtown all the way up to Miami Gardens, where Hard Rock Stadium is. And it just was like an experience, truly. And I'm not a football fan in any way, shape, form, or fashion. I don't even know who won the damn game. I'd be lying to you if I told you that. Uh, But the amount of fun and energy and excitement that this city has been under for the Super Bowl, it really did live up to the hype. Like so many events come to Miami because of the weather, because of our location. But this is one that truly lived up to the hype. I saw people that I hadn't seen in years come down to Miami to show up and show out. The amount of money that was pumped through this city is estimated at $500 million in about five days. Airbnb sold out, hotels sold out, flights triple booked. Nobody cared though. Everybody just wanted to touch the town to be here for Super Bowl LIV and it was well worth it. Um, As you know, I work in hospitality, so I run into celebrities all the time, but this was like on 10. This was every 
person that you could think of, but leveled up. It wasn't the the NFL players, it was the owners of the team. It wasn't the NBA players, it was Mark Cuban outside of my restaurant for 45 minutes waiting for a table. Like, wild. It was people at my bar, it was just, I mean, begging down the doors, trying to get in to come have dinner with us. It was shockingly, crazily good. Um, If you've never attended Super Bowl festivities, I recommend that you do if you want to turn up for seven days, if you want to get absolutely no sleep for a week and a half, um, then this is the event for you, especially because it's in Miami. I mean, I guess if it was in like uh, Sioux Falls somewhere, maybe it wouldn't be as fun. But Super Bowl Miami was iconic. That is a week that I will never, ever, ever forget. And allegedly, they are already in talks to have Super Bowl back here 2027. Um, So I'm going to get my sleep now in preparation for that. But because I'm an idiot, I took my happy ass to All-Star Weekend too. Because I don't want to sleep. I don't need rest. And I didn't have a Valentine. So I'm single. It's Valentine's Day you know me, I'm going to hop on a plane at the last minute. Why not? Caught a good flight and took my ass to my hometown, Chicago, Illinois, for the NBA All-Star Weekend. And I was still recovering from Super Bowl, but I went to All-Star anyway. And of course, when I got off the plane, it was one degree, just one. It was 85 in Miami and one in Chicago. Thank God. I had a fur coat from Electric 87 to start on, y'all. I will link it in the show notes. Uh, But what a weekend this was. Chicago had not had the All-Star Game in 32 years, which is ridiculous. And the whole city came out to show love to the NBA. And I love doing this stuff during Black History Month, Um, especially in sports that are predominantly led by black people. Like, what better time, what better place than a city like Chicago to have All-Star Weekend? Everybody came out. President, my forever president, Barack Obama, came to do some charity work. It was just a beautiful experience. The The city really wrapped its arms around visitors to show them that this is a world-class city, and we do it the best. Even when it is below zero outside, we party the best, we restaurant the best, we do it the best. We just do. I mean, that just is what it is. Um, I got to see my family and just really enjoy myself. Shout out to Nori um, for taking care of us. Uh, we had an incredible dinner at Tao Chicago Family Dinner, really kicking it off. It was about 20 people that she brought together, just black excellence from sports, from entertainment, from um, communications, just from all levels, coming together to join forces and really keep our community strong and make acquaintances with new people and reach out because these people had come from all over the country to celebrate these festivities like That was just a really bomb experience, and I'm looking forward to family dinner uh, next year as well as more. Uh, Shout out to John Basile Tequila for taking care of us. We got drunk on that the entire night. Uh, What an extravaganza that was. And you know they do it all in three days, downtown Chicago. And I think that All-Star should be in Chicago every single year because that's just how much we crushed it. 
Did you watch the All-Star Game? Did you watch the Super Bowl? Have you been to either event? Holla at me at Get Rich or Get Drunk Trying on Instagram and on Twitter. Like, join the conversation. You know you can always email me. It's Asia at Get Rich or Get Drunk Trying.com. I want to know your thoughts on these events. Am I the only crazy person that travels to these events and has an absolute blast? Like, I love it. I want to go to Super Bowl now every single year. Football or not, it's just such a good goddamn time. Um, And now that we're talking sports, I want to talk about an icon of mine, Dwayne Wade. Uh, As you know, Dwayne Wade has been in the news a lot lately. He retired recently. He's going into sports casting, but that is not why his name has been on everyone's lips lately. Uh, Dwayne came out recently in support of his 12-year-old being transgendered. His son, Zion, revealed to him that he is transgendered and would prefer to be called Zaya. He would like to live his life now as a girl. And um, Dwayne and his wife, Gabrielle, and their entire family have wrapped their arms around his daughter and are supporting her to the fullest. Now, Dwayne is receiving a lot of flack for this, a lot of heat in the black community, in the sports community, in the religious community, in the community at large. He is getting a lot of heat um, regarding the situation with his child and I just want to stand in full, unwavering support of D-Wade, of Gabrielle, and of Zaya. Uh, People should be who they think they are, who they feel that they are at all times. No one should ever have to hide their true selves and hide their true nature. It's disgusting that so many people are so concerned with um, what's going on in someone else's household. It is a parent's first job to support their child and make them feel loved at all times and never shunned ever. And shout out to their parenting as well as, um, I don't know Dwayne's ex-wife's name, but shout out to Zaya's mom as well and that entire family for making that child feel so safe and so loved and to be able to come out as who she has always been. This is nothing new. When you are transgendered, it is to my understanding that you feel like you've been born in the wrong body and you've been assigned the wrong gender. So these people know who they are and always have known. It's just a matter of being brave enough and feeling supported enough to bring that to the forefront in your family and in your community. And we should be applauding this little girl at 12, at 12. Did you have the wherewithal to tell your mom that you didn't want to wear a certain type of shoe to school that day, let alone to stand firm and say probably the most controversial thing that you could even say at that time or any time in your life. I mean, look at the Bruce Jenners of the world who go 40 and 50 years having to hide who they are because they don't have the strength to come out and the support to come out and be themselves. So many people die not having that strength. So shout out 
to Zaya. Shout out to Dwayne. Um, it's just the bravest thing that anyone could do. And I'm just really proud to have him support his family in this way as a Chicago native, as a Miami Heat fan, as a role model for black excellence. This is what this is about. This is what black excellence is. This is what parenting is. This is what love that is unconditional is. And I don't think a lot of people understand that, which is why they're coming down on this family so hard. If you knew unconditional love, if you came from a place of love instead of fear, you would understand where this family is at. And I just applaud them. I mean, standing ovation for this stance in the community about love and acceptance and, and fellowship and bravery and support. Furthermore, I think that there's a grave disconnect that the public is experiencing. I think the public mind thinks that gender is sexuality and it's not. And I'm no expert on the subject. Don't get me wrong. I am ignorant and novice and, and this is not my, my personal fight, but I thought this was brilliant. Uh, in my research, I read YouTuber Brendan Jordan, who identifies as gender fluid. And the way that it was described was sexuality is who you go to bed with and gender identity is who you go to bed as. Meaning they're two completely separate things. So the concept that um, D. Wade and his family are allowing this 12-year-old sexual power or some type of sexual purpose over his life is wrong because gender and sexuality are not the same thing. It has nothing to do with it. When a baby is born day one, you are assigned a gender by a doctor or by your family. And that's it. It has nothing to do. You're not sexualizing a newborn baby. This is gender. This is who this person feels that they are when they wake up in the morning on their highest highs and their lowest lows. This is just who they are and that's it. And who they are attracted to has nothing to do with it. And that is a conversation that Zaya will have uh, later in her life. And it's not our business, but it is beautiful to see her family support her. Um, just be more open-minded. There are more than two genders. This is news to us. We're, we're learning these things. Um, there are more than two sexual identities. There are varying colors and degrees of things, and they don't pertain to your life and who you sleep with, so it should not bother you. That is the bottom line. And if more parents were more supportive of their children, we would have fewer stories of 10-year-olds and 12-year-olds and 15-year-olds hanging themselves and being violent and committing suicide and cutting themselves and having um, eating disorders. And it's so many things that they have to use to try to bury their feelings and their emotions because they can't be themselves. The best thing that any of us can do is to wrap our, our minds and our brains around loving and supporting these kids or these adults that are struggling with the issues that they're, they're having themselves instead of going to funerals and saying, shoulda, woulda, coulda. And I wish, and I never knew XYZ was struggling with this. It's because of closed-minded individuals that they feel will shun them. And I just want to make it crystal clear 
that the Get Rich or Get Drunk Trying podcast, myself, Asia Absent, I am in full support of people being who they want to be at any time and, and being respected for that. And I just really, really, really am a fan, even more so, of Flash, D-Wade. This is Wade County. It always has been. And y'all ain't going to say shit about him in front of me, okay? And now we're going to switch gears and it's cocktail time, right? Let's get it. Now, you guys are used to getting a get drunk cocktail every single episode, but this episode we are leveling it up to a get drunk brand of the episode. And this is super exciting. The brand Stuyvesant is owned by Marina Robinson and she has created Stuyvesant Champagne, okay, bottled in France. The 43-year-old wine enthusiast wanted a champagne of her own that represented that Brooklyn vibe, that black girl magic vibe. So she created it. She went to the Champagne region of France and created a Brut as well as a Rosé. This just came out and it's a huge, huge deal. There are so few black-owned liquor brands, even fewer black-owned champagne brands. And honestly, I can't even think of another black-owned champagne brand by a woman. So shout out to her. Shout out to Stuyvesant Champagne. I have not tried it, but I am adding to cart as we speak, and I will be testing it out myself Um, I will put the link, of course, to this brand in the show notes because we have got to support our own. It's always Ace of Spades over Cristal, so it's always going to be Stuyvesant over something else. If the brand is just as good as as my favorite, then um, I don't know, Vuv, Clico, we might be in trouble because you know that's my jam, but I'm super excited to try it and I just had to share that piece of black excellence with you guys for the Get Drunk Cocktail of the show. Tell them to bring me my money. Now that we've got our champagne on chill this week, let's talk money talk. You know, my favorite thing in the world. Um, This week, I want to talk to you guys about multitasking. Meaning, paying, can you pay your debt off while saving at the same time? And the answer is yes. Like people ask me this all the time. Um, I don't have a lot of debt, but I know so many people that are drowning in student loans and are drowning in bills and, and do have this issue. So this is a good time to talk about it. Yes, you can do both. Absolutely. But the first thing you have to do before you jump into paying down your debt, your debt that's probably been there for quite some time and low-key ain't going nowhere, is to have an emergency fund. That is step number one. You need to have at least $1,000 liquid that you can reach out to at any time for any reason. The car breaks down, um, you know, the, the a pipe burst in your crib, something crazy happens, you need to have a stack on you ready to go in case some wild, you know, unexpected emergency happens. Now, once you have, and and everybody's emergency fund is different, you know, like if you've got a ton of bills and a ton of kids and, and a ton of situations, 15, I'm sorry, $1,000 is not going to cut it for you. 
But if you um, don't have a lot of overhead and don't have a ton of responsibilities over your life on a regular basis, then $1,000 is a great jumping off point. You can always pay into that money going forward, but just day one, kick it off with $1,000 that's easily touchable in case of emergencies. Now, once that $1,000 or whatever number is squared away, it's time to have a plan to save for your retirement as you pay off the debt. Because you don't want to neglect that. Like, yes, paying off your debt is important. You don't want, you do want that monkey off your back, but you don't want to ignore the fact that you, you're still going to have to retire. And that time is ticking no matter what. So always make a small con- contribution to your retirement accounts while making larger contributions to your debt. You can do these things at the same time. Now, it means a lot of discipline. It means cutting out um, some of the more fun aspects of things sometimes. But if this is your plan and this is what you want to do, then this is what it is. Like you weren't sweating and crying when you were getting that debt. So don't bullshit and cry about it when it's time to pay it off. Create a debt repayment plan and pay off your debt as quickly as possible. Um, This fluctuates depending on the person. There are several different debt repayment methods and you have to do research on what's the best thing for you. But in general, paying off the debt with the highest amount of interest is usually the best bet because it's the debt that's killing you and crippling you and your future. So that's kind of like a blanket statement, generalization on how you should choose your debt repayment method. There are tons of free resources online. I'd be happy to link some for you guys in the show notes. But the answer is yes, you can save, you can contribute to your retirement and pay off debt all at the same time. It doesn't have to be one and screw the other things. They're all imperative. They're all important. And as adults, we just need them. They're necessary. And the sooner you start, the better. Okay, jump into it. That was a lot. I love you guys. Thank you so much for joining me on episode 31 of the Get Rich or Get Drunk Trying podcast. If you like the show, comment, repost, retweet, DM me, tag a bitch, like share it, leave me some information and tell me how you feel, what you want to hear on next week's episode. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. And I look forward to seeing you here again really, really soon. In the meantime, be good, be great. Life is short. I love you all. Peace.